You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is side A. Three, two, one. (laughs) (laughs) And go. (laughs) Yeah, like three things came to mind all at once, and I was like, I can't make a decision. So it's Liddy again, and welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can find me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up. All one, all one word. I didn't even spell it out because y'all should know by now. If you don't, I don't, I'm off today. Mm. I ain't gonna lie. I'm off. You a little off? I'm a little off. I'm a little irritable. I've had a bad, like, two weeks. You know what I'm saying? To tell and them where like, you're at, son. Man, I... No, y'all really don't want to know why, man. Uh, does does uh, your local radio station do this as well? My my local radio station has like a it's like our my local radio station's hot ninety three seven. So they go hot ninety three seven. Tell them why you mad, and then people call in and tell them why they're mad. It's it's hilarious. No, no, they don't. And I would and I would never listen to why the people are mad. I have my own problems <laughs> to, to, that are more than enough for me to not want to engage in anybody else's get, unless I'm trying to help them out. You're gonna get your Peter Griffin on. You get a little spot at the local TV place, and you know. Just get on there and you got like five minutes where it's like, you know, Armand's angst and it's just you going in for like five minutes. Like what's the deal with airplane food? Right. Like that kind of angst. <laughs> That's why we have this show. Pretty much. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is, somehow turns into this is like the red leather couch. This is like the tell them why you mad. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we got, uh, we're wildly off topic already. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is. Uh, ClockRadioSpeakers.com. Dang, really rapperish. That should let you y'all know. You know what it is. <laughs> I'm really working on this album now, so <laughs> that should let you know. <laughs> ClockRadioSpeakers.com is where you can find all things CRS. Twitter is at CRS Podcast. Definitely follow us there. Instagram is at CRS Podcast. Uh, Facebook, 4th District. iTunes, vote rate comment. iTunes, vote rate comment. We might have to, like, I feel like we gotta like do something for people who vote, rate, and comment. It's kind of drive them up. I got some ideas. Okay, some things and stuff we need to do to, to re- reward our loyal listeners. You know what I'm saying? So, but what's up, man? What's going on? I ain't, I ain't talked to you in like two weeks, man. What's up? Tired. Yeah. Tired. Uh, you know. You're weary <laughs> from the ways of the world. No, just uh, a lot going on, but uh, everything's good, man. Uh, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z, but more importantly, like Armand said, follow the show. Um, but um, no, things are good. Um, good. You know, went to a little tired, went to UConn Syracuse at the Garden last night, Madison Square Garden in New York. Okay. First How'd that time, go? First time at Madison Square. Um, okay. From Marcy to Madison Square. You know, from uh, from Connecticut to Madison, that doesn't really work. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Oh man, the legit like just the logistics of it were like exhausting. Like, yeah, where'd you park? Like, oh Jersey? no, 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 no. You, you, you. We, I, I work in New Haven, so I just took the train in from New Haven, which was a two-hour train ride. Um, but, and then you know, with a friend, and then met up with another friend at, at Grand Central, and then we made our way down. It took us like thirty minutes because of traffic, but because Madison Square Garden is built on top of Penn Station, like getting up into it, it's not like. You know, you got to get through metal detectors and you got to do this and that. I didn't even get, you know, we showed up. We like tip off is like 705. We were at the garden at seven o'clock and I think we got to our seats with like 12 minutes left in the first half. And I was like, oh my God, Jesus. Now, thankfully it was like a rock fight. So I think the score was like, I don't know, nine, six when we, <laughs> we got, we didn't miss much. <laughs> it picked up after that. 
picked up after that. Uh, neither neither team shot well, but we you know uh, UConn's having an off year. But we uh, Syracuse was top twenty five team, and uh, we beat them close game. Uh, that was that was that was good. It was exciting. Uh, both uh, UConn and Syracuse have a ton of alums in the area, so ton of people there. It was packed. Um, so was good. McNamara there. <laughs> Listen, there, there was this one white guy with like a 1950s like flat top on Syracuse who shot and made a couple threes, and I I was I was like having trauma, just like flashback. It's like white white boys who play for Syracuse or Duke. I yep. hate them, and they know how to shoot. That's yep. all I'm gonna say. Yep, I got hands and feet for everybody from Syracuse. But no, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Garden was fine. Um, being so, like actually watching something from the Garden is great. Like for at least for a sports event, like the screen in the center, which sounds dumb, but like when people are standing up and doing whatever, like the screen kind of matters. The screen is the most beautiful screen I've ever seen in an arena. Um, lighting's great. Like. The seats, you're actually like, it's fairly steep to get up to where you're at. So everybody's sort of like looking over. So you have a pretty good seat. Like it was, it was really good. It was a really good time. Um, so, you know, out late last night, I'm an old man now. So, you know, I'm still recovering, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. That's real. That's real. I, I, uh, I took a nap <laughs> Sunday from, and I, I didn't fall asleep until about 4.30. I woke up at about 6, 6.30 and I'm still recovering from, the nap being too late, so then staying up too late and then having to get up early, still recovering. We're, so we're like five years away from being those two old dudes on the Muppets in the balcony, just like we really are. <laughs> Maybe even three, depending on our diet. So aside from being old, um, what's new, man? What's going on, man? Uh, I don't know how much I can tell, but all I can say is I, I'm definitely starting to work on this album. Um, Kairos two, God only shines on Sundays. Yep, that'll be in stores um, March 16th to represent 316, John 316, you know what I'm saying? We in the building. Um, <laughs> and you can yeah. follow Armand on Snapchat. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Let me, ha- let me have one social media piece in peace. I'm really about to start. I'm really going to just block everybody I don't know that follows me on Snapchat. <laughs> I'm really close to doing that. Um, nah, man, yeah, working on the album, um, getting ready for this Christmas trip, getting ready to leave again, um, head to Orlando, and then, um, this weekend, got a show with, uh, Jonathan Baker, Sean C. Johnson, friend of the show, we need to have him on the show, um, will be this Saturday at, uh, at my church, Advanced Church Columbus, I think it's at six or seven or something like that, um, Cameron's gonna be here on Saturday, I'm thinking about going. How can you not? Because it's not like all of Dipset and it's 25 bucks. Do I want to pay $25 for just Cameron? Look at it. Look at it on the bright side. When he only does a 25 minute set, you're not going to feel that bad. <laughs> nah, Cam, I need like, I need an hour and a half from Cam. Not for $25. Relax. <laughs> I want to get my money's worth. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I want to hear stuff off Diplomats Volume Three. I want to nope. hear stuff off those Duke the God mixtapes. Like <laughs> you're, you're gonna hear uh, "Get It in Ohio" because that's of a given. Of course. All right. Can I say something? I'm gonna say this, and I've said this in private, but I'm just gonna say it in public. Okay. So Columbus has this crazy obsession with Cameron because in the mid 2000s he was here a lot. Okay. And I I don't under I don't quite understand. And after I'll just say after he left a lot of people went away. So I guess I'm trying to figure out why this city has so much love for someone who did things 
out in the open that resulted in a lot of people going away. Because mm. mm. like you like you can't talk about Cam in this city without like he gets the Paul. I was gonna say John Bunyan. <laughs> he gets the, Is there a wrestler he, named John Bunyan? Because there probably, should be. Probably from like ninety four. It's probably one of Typhoon's names or something. Um, he had he had the axe. Couldn't call him Paul, but had the axe, some yep. flannel. Yep. He didn't have a he didn't have he didn't have a, a a blue ox. He had like Jimmy Hart in a blue coat or something like that. Um, but yeah, the blue, he, the blue ox was was his finishing maneuver. Right. Was it like a was it like a power bomb into a choke slam or something Probably. like that? Or like a, a squat splash or something. Yeah, I just I don't understand that. Like when you hear people talk about Cam in the city, like it's very tall tale ish. Like mm. you know, urban legend. And all right, that's cool. But you know, he was responsible for or he was in the middle of some things. And I just, I don't know. I just, I don't understand that. So if you're, if you're from Columbus or in Ohio and you can like explain that to me, I'm not trying to be slanderous to take shots. I'm just very curious about that. I just want to know how those two things go together, especially when we constantly talk about think making things in our community better and safer and, you know, eh, but you know, just a question with all that said, you know, <laughs> Let, let's talk about the Grammys please let's talk about the Grammys let's get into some music man they're gonna think I want a Grammy um yeah uh, yeah uh, that, that's, been the, that's been the talk I I haven't been on Twitter much and every time I look on somebody's complaining about views <laughs> can the, I just say that okay mm-hmm. go ahead go ahead no go no ahead. go ahead go get, get, uh, let me just say mad. this about views and then I just want to talk about the Grammys in general right I still listen to views. I still listen to songs off of views. I Okay. I tried the other day. I tried. I, I think that, well, for one, I think that a lot of it is Twitter fodder. I think a lot of people don't like views because everybody else doesn't like views or people don't like views and they just want to fit in. I also think that people don't like views because views wasn't what they expected it to be. And we've talked about that at length on the show. Yeah. Like killing your expectations or letting them die and then taking in the project for what it is. And when you take it in for what it is, it's not as bad as people say it is. Is it going to be on my top 10 list? Probably not. But do I hate it? Do I think it's like y'all are treating it like it's freaking. Ugh, is it just, Drake's? Is it Drake's worst album? Uh, mm? Ask me in a year, because right now I don't think Thank Me Later is that good. Right. That right. album didn't age well at all. Sure. But if you consider like from just. From take care to now, is it his worst project? Maybe. Oh, come on, man! Don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> the problem is it's Drake. You know, um, right? No, I mean, but but take it from these people. These are the, the same people who say he doesn't have a classic. Like, you know, I mean, if I say it's it's his worst album, is that really slanderous? Because the only other album that you all put in high regard is Take Care, and you know, mm. views is just so overstuffed it's a lot it's a lot and it's an interesting strategy one that you and i haven't picked up on yet um i'm ashamed to say that i that i I didn't point this out uh, earlier um so the way that streams are counted now you're essentially rewarded for having lots of tracks on an album Mm. it's no accident that we're now seeing 18 19 20 song tracks again I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Trackless track again because yeah, because your 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 views your streams will add up. Mm, because people want to listen to the whole album, right? You listen, right? If you have sixty minutes of music split up over twelve songs, that's twelve streams. 
if you have it split up over 20 songs, that's 20 streams, even mm-hmm. though it's the same amount of time. And there's like a stream equivalent. Like you, if you get enough individual streams, they count as albums. Mm. Hmm. Aha. I was wondering that because there's, um, uh, I was actually listening to an album from an artist named Dreezy today. Um, she has a record with T-Pain called Close To You that's crazy. So I decided to check out an album and I was like, you really have 19 songs and this is like your debut album. Then wasn't there somebody else who put out an album this year that we reviewed and it was just like 28 songs on it? <laughs> yeah, there was one that was pretty long. Um, but actually, I mean, like the weekend album, which we'll talk about today is like not short. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, in- that's interesting, though. That's yeah. interesting. But I guess it's a, it's a great strategy. I guess you, you can't really knock it. I mean, if that's the incentive, then that's what we're going to get. I think that plus sort of the the concept of, you know, well, people are going to listen to what they want to listen to. So just give them everything. Yeah. Um, it, it cuts against what we sort of strive for on Clockwork Speakers, sort of like purposeful, like curation, like sort of make it the best like project you can. But that's not where the economic incentive is. So I don't blame people at all. And right. we're not and we're no. And I, th- you know, I think views actually we started to see like artists are now as as digital matters more than physical they're unafraid to go past 80 minutes right views doesn't fit on a standard cd right mm. like they had to cut some weird parts to like make it fit on the cd actually i said he pulled the kairos <laughs> <laughs> see so we were ahead of the curve so ahead of the time so everybody you could just get, let's get those Cairo streams up let's just <laughs> let's get them up um, get them up, get them up. <laughs> Between that and you saying Liddy, we are really, really in album mode uh, here on Collective Speakers. Um, and you already know what it is. <laughs> or what did I say? We in the building? What did I say? You said, I say. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. Um, so we were talking about, oh, talking about Drake. Yeah, you, so part of this is, I'll just, to so the album, album of the year nominees. So we have Adele with 25, which yep. came out late last year. Yep. Beyonce with Lemonade. Yep. Bieber with Purpose. Yep. Drake with Views. Yep. And Sturgill Simpson with A Sailor's Guide to Earth. So that'll be the winner. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of this person before right now. Oh. <laughs> for this very moment. Um, so we have a couple problems here. Once again, let me take this opportunity to point out how much I hate how the Grammy timing works, which is it runs October 1st to September 30th. So Adele and Purpose, Adele and Bieber show up here, even though they were 2015 and it i mean it's like fiscal year <laughs> fiscal year it, right it's a grammy year um yeah. and so that feels a little you know like adele had you know adele had a huge album but like her album's been out for almost a year by now actually it's been out for a year so it's like yeah you know it doesn't yeah. feel the same um but that's but the real problem here is that people look at you know unfortunately we have to say this like if there's going to be the token rap album Views, really? Um, okay, what, then what album do you put in its? What rap album do you put in its place? I mean, Pablo. Do you look? Well, so you know what? Should we should we jump? Should we jump to the the hip hop nominees first? Let's do that. All right. So let me see if I can get. This I mean, you know, start. unless you want to do best dance recording. <laughs> I mean, no um, contemporary instrumentals. All Jesus. Right. Okay, so Billboard has the entire list. Yeah, I'm looking at the list right now. So there we go. Best rap wait, album. Wait, rap or hip hop? Right. Wait, is there a separate? I thought so, isn't it? No, no, no. There's a rap category. We're okay. Okay. Um, right. Best rap album, Chance, Coloring Book, mm-hmm. De La, DJ Khaled, mm-hmm. Drake, 
Schoolboy Q mm. and Pablo. <sighs> like if if that if you're getting a rap album out of that pool, I just want to say uh-huh. that any slander that I get for thinking that everything is cool this year, there you go. Well, we different chance. Um, I, we both like Life of Pablo, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's, the, that, that's the only one. I didn't like Q. I didn't like Q's album. Q's album Drake was album. okay. Yeah. Views is overstuffed, but as you and I have pointed out, has redeeming qualities. The Dale album was a snoozer. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really top notch lyricism, and the beats just didn't do it for me. And how DJ Khaled snuck on here is amazing. Um, Snapchat. Right. Like this is the thing. Like we've been talking about this since 2014, Doc. Like it's all about the narrative. It ain't about the music. Like I, I just don't understand why people get upset. When they're like, well, how come this doesn't all of these artists, the one thing they have in common, except maybe Q, all of them have narratives attached to their albums. All of them. The, the list of, you want, do you, so you want the uh, best rap performance and best rap song? Yeah, or, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do all hip hop. Let's do it all. Right. Best rap performance. Chance with Wayne and 2 Chains, no problem. Panda, designer. <laughs> pop style. <laughs> all, the, all, all the way up. And that part. Told y'all infrared wrote that hook. So, yeah, that's an mm. <laughs> yeah pop so, style. But let it's me, a Drake, Jay Z, and Kanye West record on a wildly successful hip hop album in 2016. Pretty much. So there, there's your there's your narrative. It's also is that the only what you might consider truly rap single from Drake off this album? Yeah. You got Enlisted Hotline Bling. You got Hotline Bling. Right. You've got Controller. You've got uh, One Dance. The yeah, and Pop Style. Those are the four singles, right? Um, what's the other one? Um, Hold up. I just had my title up. Pop Style like Why can't I think of the song? He did. He did the. He did the terrible video with Tyra Banks for it. Oh, uh, Child's Play. Thank you, Child's Play. Yeah, yeah, that's not. That didn't. It's weird. Like I think we were like, yeah, that needs to be a single, and then he. Kind of right. pushed it as a single, and we were like, nah, we still want controller. Right. Um, out of that list, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, oof. Yeah, I mean, there's really no... There's, I hear Grammys a little bit on the radio. Mm. Other than that, I mean, what rap song are you going to put on here? Nine? Hype? I mean, I like some of those records, but they're not... Yeah. <laughs> they weren't singles, and they're not going to they're not gonna be best rap performance. So when I look at that list of nominees, I'm like, eh, like... I, that, I wonder if Chance will sneak out or win somewhere. I was gonna say, I think I think that's chances to win. Mm. I think that's chances to win. I don't think they're gonna put designer on the stage because they're thinking about his acceptance speech. <laughs> um, I don't think Fat Joe wins it. And I mean, that part was sneaky dope. Right. But um I don't think I don't think it wins the Grammy though. Yeah. Like again, Q didn't have a narrative, so you can't you can't attach anything to Q. Uh, on a mainstream level with this album. So I think it's chances. And so that's best rap performance. And then best rap song, which, so the difference, of course, is supposed to be the songwriting for best, like is, is rap song versus the actual performance. But it doesn't really matter because like, I mean, all the way up is best rap song as like a songwriter. So, you know, that doesn't really. Shout out to Infrared. Shout out to Infrared and Cross, Rough Riders. Uh, so also for best rap song, Famous. Uh, okay. Narrative. Right. Uh, Hotline Bling. Wildly successful. That's not a rap song, though, but okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess it, it is, but it isn't. Right. Uh, no problem. There you go. And Ultralight Beam. 
they're going to figure out how to get Kanye a Grammy or two. Yeah, they're going to give him one. Um, now, also, sort of, what's really interesting, so, like, that's best rap song, but then they have, like, what they call best rap slash song performance. I mean, but basically all of rap is rap singing now. Which is so. why you now get the weird thing. So that used to mean, like, that was the stereotypical, we've got either the rapper with the R&B hook or... Yeah. But now you get Freedom, Beyonce and Kendrick. Yeah. You get Hotline Bling. So yeah. <laughs> it's not... You get, you get Broccoli. You get Broccoli. That only has... But like the only singing on that song is uh the bridge, right? I mean, what do you... Have I just... I mean, the nah. hook is... <laughs> I mean, I thought the... It's, that's the hook, right? Right. But it's like, it's it's clearly this line between rapping and singing. Right. And then right. you, and more traditional sort of breakdowns where there's rapping versus singing, ultralight beam and famous. Right. I wonder if in some of these categories where Kanye's competing against himself, if the votes end up splitting. Right. He ends up like running into himself. Right. Um, and knocking himself out and then Drum sneaks in through the back door. He, he sneaks out the hell in the cell and wins. I'd love to see ultralight beam get a Grammy. Mm. It's the most impactful song of the year. This easily. What? No question impactful how i mean it only completely stole the show at the madison square garden event the snl performance was unbelievable it, it ostensibly introduced the the mainstream to chance the rapper um should i keep going um <laughs> yeah keep going keep going i'm still, I'm still not it, convinced but it's okay. an incredible song yeah. uh, see there you go <laughs> is that is that verse is that rap verse of the year chance yeah Chance is super interesting. God, so super interesting. Like, we'll talk about him on the... When we talk about the John Legend album for like five seconds, we'll talk about him for a second. But like... Yes. Oh, yes, we will. Um, He is... So one of my complaints about some rappers is that they never change their voice up. Mm. And they rap in the same tone. Chance is the opposite of that. Chance knows how to use his voice. Okay. So like when you say verse of the year, there are people who are hearing that right now and they're like... They're they're like getting like you and you get mad. They're like clapping and they're like getting ready to like get there. Like not applaud, not applauding. They're like getting ready to like fight back. Um, and I, not in terms of like like he's not like manipulating syllables in a way necessarily. Although Chance can rap, mm-hmm. it's how he says it. It's everything else about the song. It's how he like comes into that song. It's the way that he like he'll like switch from like one tone to another. Like that versus. In a sense, it's Nicki Minaj monster. Yeah, yeah. I, I but I also think that Chance was actually saying stuff. Oh, oh, he was. There. He was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that one thing I've learned about with lyricism, um, and that a lot of lyric nerds don't, is that multisyllables and patterns and all that stuff really don't mean anything. You can rhyme hat, bat, cat, and that. But as long as what you're saying, ending with those words is still heavy and impactful, it's still a great rap verse. I mean, you so, basically just described Beanie Siegel in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, shoot. And I love Beanie Siegel in 99. But yeah, that was, he, was, he was relying on quiet down, tied down, supply it now. Yep, all that. Nope. So we could go, I mean, there's tons of like different things to talk about. Um, and did, I mean, we, we can skim over some of the R&B. Did anything stick out to you on the R&B side of things or? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I didn't look, look, 
So yeah, I'm looking yeah. right now. Um, the only thing I did see was that King got um, a knob for Urban Contemporary, Contemporary album, and I absolutely love that album. Um, unfortunately, it's up against Lemonade and Anti, and Malibu might sneak in and win that. No, that's Beyonce. I'm, that's be- that's either Beyonce's or Rihanna's to win. Well, I'm saying that because Beyonce, oh, I think Rihanna has eight nominees, right? Yeah. And I think Beyonce has, what, seven? Something like that, yeah. They can afford to lose the urban contemporary. And so what the Grammys likes to do some years is they like to do the we're hip and cool thing. And they'll they'll give a Grammy to something that they don't you don't expect them to get because it's weird. Like we always say that the Grammys are out of touch, but then we get mad at the nominees. <laughs> um, but then you'll see little sprinkles of, oh, hey, King got nominated. Oh, hey, Anderson Pot got got nominated and they'll win. I mean, shoot, when Otis won, who wasn't surprised? Mm. You know, so because Anti and Lemonade are probably going to clean up. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that Anderson Pocket sneak sneak in and win just because he again he has a narrative. He's worked with Dre, like he's been everywhere this year. And you know, for a lot of people, Malibu is their album of the year. Mm. So I could see it winning that. But I hope Rihanna does some cleaning up because anti is better than I remember it being. I listened to it for a while and then I stopped and I picked it back up recently. And yeah, the album is still um, dope. So the R&B categories are weird to me because there are two artists notably missing. Who are? Well, where is where is Solange? She's in. She, um, yeah, that's weird. And I was going to ask you. So Cranes in the Sky is nominated for Best R&B Performance. Right. And but, her album came out on the last day of eligibility, September 30th. Wow. So I'm not. I mean, the fact that she's not, I guess she would be in the Best Urban Contemporary Album category. Probably. Excuse me. Yeah, probably. Um, seems seems kind of unusual that, that she didn't get a nod there. And the other person who is not anywhere in these Grammys, be, but on purpose, is Frank Ocean. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have got any nominees anyway. Frank would have gotten album of the he year he, No, he would have cleaned, cleaned up. Right. He would have cleaned up. Right. There would be nominations me. all over the place. Because he has a narrative. Because it's a really good album. Man. We're going to... Mm, okay. Man. See, this is why our end of the year wrap-up is actually going to be really good. Um, but, uh, 10 albums, <laughs> you're like, we can make it to 10. <laughs> yeah. If I can make it to 10, I give you a strong seven. Oh no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Solange missing is, is, is crazy. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm looking at. at. <laughs> I looked, oh, I said, wait, is that dark sky paradise? And then I stopped and it said, best new age album, Dark Sky Island by Enya. <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really noteworthy. Um, so there's a producer of the year category and oh. he deserved it because he played a big role in a couple of these songs. 1985 out of the OVO King. Mm. Producer of the year category. Shout out to him. He's not really a, a name like that. Like we nah. know him, but yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think there's anything else that really stuck out to me. I love that they have best recording package and mm-hmm. best boxed or special limited edition package. That, the that, nerd in me loves that. That's how like some artists can really clean up on like... 100%. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Trying to think there's anything else that really sticks out. Song of the Year, uh, Formation. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in the... Adele, Hello. <laughs> I Took a Pill in Ibiza. Love that's Yourself. A song? Yes. I uh, heard it. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Love Yourself. Interesting. At all the Bieber records. When did his album come out? I need to look that up. Shoot. I thought it was like the end of last year. Yeah, I thought it was like September, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, oh. November. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. In the last um, year. We already talked about Record of the Earth. Yeah, I mean, oh. Um, Who's winning Best New Artist? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Best New Artist. Uh, Chainsmokers, who had a big hit this year. Anderson Pac. I, Ch- I mean, Chance is winning, right? Maybe. I think Chance wins there. That might I don't be know. The- they don't really get Best New Artist right. Hmm. You think they might go a different, like, sort of a, a different direction? Yeah, they might go with Kelsey Ballerini. <laughs> who? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the most appropriate who in Clockwork Speakers history. Exactly. Exactly. They'll go with that or, or Marin Morris. I don't know who that is either. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll go with somebody that nobody knows except, like, a small audience. Hmm. Like, I remember the one year that they picked, um, uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank with her name. I'm terrible. I had, like, the biggest crush on her in 2011. Um, oh, uh, Esperanza Spalding. Thank you. You knew exactly where I was going. Um, yeah, as soon as you said eh, uh, I got it. Um, yeah, they picked her in 2011, and then there was a, well, she's not really a new artist because she's on her second album. But, I mean, nah. Well, so Chance is really interesting here because he still hasn't released a major label debut. And probably won't, right? Right. What's the point? But I think best new artist for all intents and purposes is really, when did we first hear about you? That's the year that counts. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think... So going back to where we started, like when we look at all that hip hop, like all the different hip hop nominees, like Drake with album of the year and not Kanye is just that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he would have won necessarily. I think it's Adele or Beyonce, frankly. And so I would bid so, on Beyonce. But yeah, um, right, right, right. But out of any hip hop album that like dominated conversation online this year, dominated whatever. I mean, listen, Drake had massive streams, massive success, but this is, this isn't the billboard. This is billboard awards. This is the Grammys, you know? So in a yes. year where views was almost universally kind of like, Meh, and it's not like there wasn't other big names. Cause you know, the Grammys is like, they're notorious for falling back on, Oh, well, you know, big name. Oh, Eminem putting out an album this year. He's getting nominated for best rap album every exactly. single time. Right. Exactly. It's not like, it's not like they, they were like, oh, we don't have any hip hop albums here. Uh, and I, I say this as though there's like some committee that does this. It's like it's aggregate votes from people. But yeah, Drake over 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 Kanye is just. But I think a lot of people didn't like Life of Pablo either. I wonder when the timing of the actual votes were. Yeah. Because if the votes were all sort of coming in and like people finishing up when he was sort of having his meltdown before he was hospitalized. Right. I wonder if the timing just kind of messed up, messed messed his chances up. Hmm. A ton of negative press. Right. Like that, that might have been I, just the worst possible time. I agree. I agree. It probably was like a month ago, something like that. Yeah. Probably about a month ago. It's when they. If it's from, if it ends, what? What do you say? September thirtieth. Yeah. Yeah. So like early, uh, probably like late October, early November is when they they got the votes together right right right. they've had they've had this for a couple weeks so anything else you want to say about the grammys uh i'm looking but i think we're okay yeah i think we're good pop style <laughs> i mean come on like listen uh, listen i know listen i know i know let's say are y'all like offended well and the last thing to remember 
and I'll point this out about the Grammys. I think we talk about this every year, but just in case, because, you know, there's always, you know, new time listeners to clock radio speakers. Um, these are songs submitted by the label. Doesn't mean they can't submit multiple ones, but like OVO sent pop style, like listed that as like, you should consider that for best rap performance. You know, that's why there's no Frank Ocean. It's not because they didn't like him, but because he specifically didn't send. Right. In fact, wasn't last year, wasn't Hotline Bling not on there for Song of the Year and everyone wondered why because they screwed up? Yes. But it makes it on here this year, I think just because it happens to be on views. Mm. So that's why you put it back on the album. It's like a reset. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Because Hotline Bling was from summer of 2015. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's crazy. What a- that is crazy. I'm good. Let's talk about, speaking of Kanye West. Um, we're going to talk about Kanye West on this on this show? Let's I'm talk shocked. about your man, Jay Cole. Jumanji Cole is back. Jumanji season has returned. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. New album or mixtape or whatever it is. I'm, I'm hearing it. I heard it was a mixtape. Now I'm hearing it's an album. And the difference is right. you'll, you'll be able to stream it on Apple Music and Spotify and Tidal. Don't worry about it. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, you can you can stream the two singles he put out now. Right, right. Don't don't worry, everybody. You won't have to try to go to like you know, mixunit.com. Remember mixunit.com? Mixunit.com. Oh man, shout out to mixunit. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like a hundred dollars worth of mixtapes from them when I got out of basic training. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting everything. Can't you know? I didn't have any computers, and the computers weren't Putin. Yeah, um, they were not Putin at the shop at. So you kind of had to. I just had to. Oh, the them. shop at. The shop at, cuz. Man. So, J. Cole got a new project coming out. Yeah. He has a particular song I want to talk about. He's got he's got two records, so let's get Everybody Dies Out the Way first. Did you hear that one? I don't have notes on that one. Okay. Um, It's cool. Okay. It's cool. It's cool. Like he's he's rapidly rapping pretty much. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a cool little record. It's a cool record. Okay. So, um, the, but the talk of the town. The talk of the town. Talk of New York. Talking to you <laughs> is a record called False Prophets. Yeah. Um, couple people get some, uh, you know, m- m- might have a few references headed their direction. Pune, pune. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that's such a terrible song. Sorry, I'm thinking what? of the, the, the Jay song, Pew, Pew, Pew. Um, anyway, haters. What? Haters, oh, oh, haters. yo. Okay, so when when we posted that on Twitter, are are your five oh right 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 right, right 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 Jay Z records on his birthday? <laughs> one only one person put hate, and I'm mad that I wasn't that one person because that's easily one of his worst songs. Also, Snoopy track. Lots. I used to like that song in '99. That is. That's not even the worst song on that album. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And somebody came at me for things you do. It was like, no, he he rapped great on that song. Like, nah, How I'm about not Girl's that. Best Friend? I was I was struggling between Girl's Best Friend and Things You Do. And Things You Do just I just hated the Mariah Carey. But I guess the hook on that was on Girl's Best Friend was just as bad. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I just I just pictured Martin Lawrence in blue in the blue, for the Blue Street clips rolling. You know, oh my god. He was in. He was the video was was him inside of a diamond. <laughs> All right, worst Jay Z songs. We'll come back to Jay Cole in a sec because now you got me. Now you got me thinking about it. Right, yeah, you, yeah, you got you got list your five. Does does ghetto techno count? It was on mine. Mm. Um, 
Reminders pretty bad. Mm. Hollywood. Oh man. I didn't see any but did anybody mention Hollywood? Nah. Not a whole lot of Kingdom Come. <laughs> For that to be his worst album, I didn't see any of his worst songs being from that. Yeah. I think some people just sort of assume I think most people just assume they, they don't have to reference Kingdom Come and they don't have to reference Magna Carta. They can just sort of because they they instead talk about the weak tracks from the strong albums. Maybe because they're more polarizing because they're on strong albums, right? Because like I mean, yeah. let's let's be like Kingdom Come. Like I mean, what what is going on with Dig a Hole? <laughs> There's a shovel. Like uh, Hollywood is bad. Anything is terrible. Anything's Anything not. Go- no, no, stop it. I'll show it's you. not ter. It's bad. It's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one notch above terrible. Um, he did a bunch of stuff with Lincoln Park, which we all kind of forget about. Nobody mentions Collision Course with good reason. Uh, I could have picked, I don't know, a handful of records off that second R. Kelly uh, Jay Z collab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people don't talk about that. People instead talk about. I think like I think a lot of people say look at that and they go, that's a disappointing album. Or, I mean, like like a song that disappointed them, if that makes sense. Sure, there's a difference difference between disappointing and bad, right? For many people, right, right, right. So we we had a lot of disappoint disappointment, but like, as one, oh come on, man, a ballad for the fallen soldier. Oh no, 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 no! It's terrible. It's terrible. No, it's not. No, it's not. <gasps> it's terrible. Um, I think that I saw somebody point out what they're gonna do, and I thought that was, I did. That was me. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, the Sean Paul version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the second version is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, the remix is dope. The the, I, the problem with finding with picking my my five favorite J songs is like, oh, you know what? I do want to point out, I did. There were there were some songs I didn't see mentioned for five favorite J songs, and I was surprised. Okay, like what? You don't know? Yeah, Dynasty intro. That that was on my honorable mention. Okay. Um, I almost start to me. I don't. <sighs> Between that and like, see, the problem is like, which do you pick out of reasonable doubt? I picked, yeah, I, I would have <laughs> picked like four. I, I think it's, I think it's the evils. Yep. I think Second. it's, I think it's dynasty intro. I think it's, I think it's, you don't know. I almost want to take like a sprinkling across his career. <laughs> you know, he has too many. He has too many, but I, I thought yeah, that was good. I was glad to see people's feedback, but no, the, the, um, the ones early that, this morning? You know I love early this morning. I know. That's why I said Irrationally. it. <laughs> that's why I said it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Back to back to J. Cole. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Cole. Sorry, Cole. Cole. Um, talk about your boss. Yeah, Cole. <laughs> we're going to talk about your boss real quick. Um, he takes some shots at Kanye. First verse is entirely about Kanye. While I get some pity. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah. It was some pity. Second verse, yeah. Second verse is kind of pity. It's, it's a little pitiful, right? Um, I have a whole thing I want to talk about, but what, what? How do you feel about this? Um, it's a grower. I don't mind it. I think it's cool. What I do you think? think I think it's, it's a cool record. What do you think about his that first verse? Like, is he right? Was he? Is this? Is he sort of off to say it? Is it just his opinion? So you can't say it's right or wrong. Like, how do you feel about about that verse? Uh, first off, it's not a diss. Mm, okay. I think just because you're talking about somebody and it's not in a 100% positive light, that doesn't make it a diss. You can observe something and, you know, point out flaws in something and not diss it. Um, 
I think my biggest thing with it was, again, the reaction. Um, but let me, I guess, just speaking from the verse, like, it was a cool verse. And I, it, I think it's something that people have said. He's not the first person to say anything on that. Um, it was it was a little shocking coming from him. I think that there was a little, little a bit of that factor into it. I think my biggest thing was the response mm. was like, yo, J. Cole, like people love J. Cole. And I think they love J. Cole for like the idea of who he is versus who he actually is. Mm. And so when he does something like this, he gets, you know, he gets praise and confetti and streamers for it. But I couldn't really find the difference between what he did with Kanye and what Drake did with Cuddy, except maybe Cuddy sending shots first. Um, right. I mean, so this verse doesn't work for me at all. Okay. J. Cole has a, like, I don't know the guy, obviously. He comes across as, like, he has these, like, one-sided fandoms of other artists. Yeah. I mean, but that's part of his gimmick, though. Like, he's he's the fan who made it. Right. Um, he's Barry Horowitz. That, that's how you, that's how you end up with, like, let Nas down. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Um, this first verse is everything that a lot of people want to say about Kanye or do yep. say about Kanye. Yep. But to me, I could get really like I, I look at this and I immediately start like going, well, you know, we've always known that Kanye kind of had help writing stuff and he's always worked with producers like shout out to Brian Alday Miller. Um, right. He kind of has a history of being on the edge. Yeah. I no, mean, but in that, I'm sorry. No, I mean, like, you know. Um, I mean, he idolized them, but it's kind of interesting. Like, out of all the people in the Rock Nation sort of larger universe, I, I went back and looked. I'm pretty sure Kanye has only worked with J. Cole once. Yeah. Um, what record was that? Was looking that for Trouble? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cole was in some of the, wasn't in some of those good music sessions. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was writing. Why else would he be there? Come to the studio and lay his verse down? <laughs> that ain't how this works. Like, it's... It's writing pools. It's record pools. I mean, except we all know Kanye gives out credit. I mean, we would know that we would see the credit. Mm, okay, there you go. Like, Kanye is not afraid of it. Um, yeah, you want to talk about other artists and writing pools, we could talk about rumors for days. Um, but, like, I mean, look, I know I'm a Ye fan, and people are going to listen to this and go, oh, Doc's standing for Ye. But, like, for God's sake, somebody wake me up when Cole makes something even remotely as dope as the opening run to The Life of Pablo. Like, seriously. Um I, when I like, I think a real defining moment for Cole in his career came when he was pushed to do workout plan mm. because he clearly wasn't comfortable doing it. He hated the his core fan base didn't like it, even though it was his biggest single to date. Did you know that was thirteenth on the Billboard Pop charts? <laughs> I mean, that's the song that led to like, like I said earlier, let Nas down, right? Yeah. I mean, so the story is like. The big bad record label pushed him and he had to compromise his lyricism. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, yep. all right, stop, stop, yep. stop, 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 stop. They don't care about your lyricism. They want the beat, the hook, the melody. Is it catchy? If you're signed to a major label, they're pushing you as the next big thing. You, you, you need catchy songs. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. That's how music sells. Like, I, I wonder, like, I, you know, I, I have a point to this. Don't worry. I'm not just rambling. Like, do people like think that gatekeepers the quote-unquote gatekeepers at labels, whether A&Rs or whoever, like the uh, the unknown they, they think that they're like, when they're when they're trying to steer artists in a particular direction, are they like listening to the verses and going, I don't know, you know, a, couple, a few too many double entendres here. They're, 
No, they're listening to the beat and the hook and they're trying to figure out, will this sell? Will this get radio play? Is this something I would hum? Is this something that would get stuck in my head? Right. And so for J. Cole, he kind of, J. Cole in his sort of idyllic view of like what this should be, he's almost a generation too early. So J. Cole is part of that Drake era. Right. To me, I think there's the there's that Drake era of artists. And now I think we have what I mean, I'll call it the chance era of artists. That's now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Drake generation came of age fully in the Internet era, but streaming wasn't ready. So you yeah. could like get exposure from mixtapes or online projects, but things hadn't tipped over to streaming yet. Right. And so the infrastructure wasn't fully there. Like you and I, for a long time in the show, always wondered, man, what if Drake what if Drake hadn't signed? Like, did he have enough juice in 09 to do it on his own? Yeah. If Drake in 09 happens in 2016, there there is no signing to Young Money. It doesn't happen because he doesn't need it. Yeah. So the the Chance generation doesn't have that issue. Streaming is here. And if you as long as you get whatever you have on Apple Music or even Tidal because you can buy on Tidal. But like when you go to Apple Music, you also get the you get the iTunes infrastructure of like selling albums as well. Like streaming matters. Touring matters. It's huge. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean that everybody can be like Chance and just do his own thing, but there's now a template for artists, right? But for the Chance generation, like, you still have to be catchy. Like, we still have this generation who doesn't need gatekeepers necessarily, but the focus, it, we still, it, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, I think J. Cole is like sort of always rebelling against this notion of like, like, I don't know if he's uncomfortable with stardom or if he's like rebelling against this notion, but it's like this sort of, I don't know. He just. I mean, you're rebelling against the machine inside the machine. But like the machine, I don't, I don't know how much the machine really exists. So like when I, when I, when I read this, when I read this verse, I'm like, if this verse came from somebody who had worked with Kanye, then, you know, okay. But like. You know, he's, he's, he talks about, you know, new styles coming up and they get bitten. And, you know, I thought people don't write their own stuff. Like, this just sounds like, uh, you know, old school bitter hip hop fan. Does it to you? Totally. Hmm. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Interesting. Like, and it's interesting that you pointed out the thing with, like, how people treated uh, Drake and Kid Cudi versus this and Kanye. People acknowledge that Kid Cudi had, a, like, a medical problem. I don't think people think that about Kanye. I don't think so either. I think he, well, I think Kanye has a medical problem. 100%. Or it, it could be, it might be partly psychological, might be a combination of the two. I, yep. But he has a, there's like a, an issue with him. I, you know, I think people want to believe that it's, he got, you know, he's a different person now. He's, he's living that Kardashian life. He's a, he's like, he's off. He's sort of trapped in this world and he's not the same and it's fake and he's got yes men and everything else. And they, they craft this narrative about what they think the truth is about Kanye West. Mm -hmm. But what, what if he's, what if he has problems? Like what if he has problems and considering everything we've ever known about Kanye West, he does not strike me as the type of person who would stay on a regimented like medicine, you know, thing and always meet with doctors and everything else. Does that sound like Kanye West to you at all? So I have no surprise. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, it's unfortunate. Like, I hope he can get his his life together. But like, I think people want to like make like a judgment or a value like statement about Kanye. Like, he's gone this way. You know, he's surrounded by yes men. He's surrounded by fake people and da 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 da. And I look at him and I go, I'm sure some of that is all true. I think when you get to a certain level of stardom, like everything is different. Yeah. But like, look at how famous he is. Look at how crazy his life is. But I look at him and I go and look at 
the music that he's still able to put out. I, I, I don't see it. I, I read this and I'm like, this just doesn't read right to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, I I'm sort of, I'm, I, I'm rambling and wandering here, but this just didn't sit right. And the response online, I was like, wow. I think there's yeah. just a certain number of people who were at the point. People want Ye to lose. Yep. Yep. That's it's, a better way a, to put it. People want Ye to lose. It's all about the messenger. It's like when they love you, you can do no wrong. And when they don't like you, you can do no right. Um, the difference with Kanye and Cuddy is I think is Cuddy looked at his uh, his mental. I don't because I don't want to be insensitive when I talk about this because like depression and, um, you know, emotional inconsistencies or whatever, whatever have you, those are real. And I think everybody goes through that. And I think that because mental health is such a taboo issue in our culture, like it's really cool to talk about, but it's not cool and accepted to admit that you go through it. You need help. You got help. You're getting help. You need to get help. Nobody wants to admit that because, excuse me, mental, having mental issues, emotional issues, is automatically equated to something being wrong with you. No, you're living life. Or you're weak. <laughs> yeah, or you're weak. Exactly. Like that life hits everybody. I don't know anybody who has gone through, shoot, 11, 12. I mean, look at Inside Out. Like <laughs> she got hit with her first drop, her first traumatic instance at like 11. Right. So I don't know anybody who is my age or a little younger than me or a little older than me who hasn't gotten hit in the face a couple times by life and didn't get and barely got back up sometimes. Sometimes you just get off, you just get up and you just learn to live with it. You don't even deal with it. And when Kanye admits to his problems or he owns them, but he doesn't own them in a sort of weak way. I mean, he clearly says it on Life of Pablo, name one genius that ain't crazy. Like he believes that his genius or his crazy is a part of his genius. And I think there's a little bit of truth to that. Like I think that really creative people are they're, they're, they they think a little bit off square, which is cool. Um, everybody doesn't need to fit inside of the same exact box because I guess then you have to define what's off square. Um, you know, when he gets on national TV and he says George Bush doesn't care about black people, we love him. But right. you know, when he starts ranting and you know, not even the Trump stuff. I mean, he's been ranting for years. And at first it was, yeah, 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 rant, Kanye. And then after like the 15th rant, we're like, okay. I mean, look at what MTV did a couple months ago. They gave him 10 minutes to rant, like, and then they promoted it. Right. Um, so I think <laughs> I heard somebody say that um, therapy or rehab is a reset button for celebrities. Because now people have completely forgotten about Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi was in rehab for like a month. And by rehab... We don't know if he was actually in a center or if he just like didn't tweet for a while because now he's coming out with a new album. You know what I'm saying? Was rehab the studio (laughs) or did he actually like check in somewhere and talk to a doctor or to a therapist? I mean, even Kanye admits to having a therapist, I think on St. Pablo, one of them records or no, um, 30 hours. He talks about talking to his therapist. And so I agree with you. I do think that Kanye needs help, but because... He doesn't admit to it. Nobody wants to stall him out and still say, well, he needs help. I mean, right. So is this, is this like a messaging problem in a weird way? Like, is it a problem of instead, like when this happened, everybody knew he went to the hospital, but it's not like he said, it's not like there was a statement, you know? Right. There was, yeah, there was like, you know, there were people 
reporting on it, but it wasn't a consistent report. It wasn't something from, you know, Kanye or, or the Kardashian camp. It was like rumors like, yeah, he did this and yeah, they're doing this and nothing was concrete. So we don't know. It's all speculation. So I, I think it's, it's so layered because then you could go back to free, you go back to the idea and concept of free speech and say, well, you know, Cole has the, he has the freedom to say that, but I think Cole, but I think Cole represents a people like Cole represents an idea of something. Okay. And that's why he benefits greatly because he doesn't do anything particularly well. Like he's average to above average at everything. He can rap, you know, he can craft pretty good songs, his albums, uh, you know, like there's not anything you can look at J. Cole and say he's trash. He does everything pretty, like pretty all right. But what he represents, being the people's champ, being the guy who we watched his come up and now we've watched him get on and go from, as you said, those label struggles and, you know, the whole story of him traveling to New York and, you know, basically doing what Kanye did on his uh, college dropout outro, like telling his story. And now he's, you know, a huge celebrity. But then on the flip, like he's not conforming. He's not the award shows. Every time you see, I mean, everything about, listen, listen, y'all, everything about that is something that you sell. I'm not saying that J. Cole is being um, inauthentic, but what I am saying is Cole letting his hair grow out. Cole not going to award shows. Do you remember the picture when J. Cole went to the Grammys and he was ice grilling because he didn't win? We forgot about that. <laughs> Cole let his hair grow out. Every time you see Cole, he's in a t-shirt, some basketball shorts, some, uh, some calf socks, and some sneakers. You never see him dressed up. He represents the everyman in that regard. He's, not, he's never fly. You know what I'm saying? Like all these things are things that you can sell. And when you're in that, when I see Cole and he's basically in the same thing in different colors every single time, to me, that says that there was a meeting held and he, they said, yo, wear this all the time because we want you to represent this. Everybody's selling you everything when it comes to business. And J. Cole's a business. So I get what he represents. And, I'm, and again, I'm not saying he's inauthentic. I'm not saying that he's lying. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is they're, they're focusing on one Section, as you said, like one perspective and they're selling that to you as the whole picture. And because you can identify with that, you ascribe to it, you hold on to it and you champion that as opposed to Kanye West, who is charging two hundred and twenty dollars for sneakers and four hundred dollars for hoodies and jean jackets. And, you know, like he just screamed everything about him screams materialism. Look at his wife. Look at the family that he married into. You know what I'm saying? Like. He goes from self-conscious to doing everything that he's done with Adidas and with fashion this year. The two completely different people. So, yeah, when Cole raps and does that, he again, he's looked at as the people's champ because most people, either they can't afford those $220 Adidas or they couldn't get them because his shoes are impossible to get. So when something's impossible to get, it's like out of touch, out of reach. And then immediately the public's eye is that we don't like that. Because we can't, we can't have it. We can't access it. But if Kanye's shoes were sitting in Foot Locker and they were, you know, super to get like, <laughs> like Jay Z's Reeboks or something like that, we'd be having a different conversation. But we're not, because Kanye's selling that image too. So I just want, I just want people, I just want people to think for themselves, man. I don't want you. I just don't want people to think that like none of the, any of this stuff is just by chance or happenstance. All of this stuff is intentional. All of it. With that being said, the record's cool. It's all right. It's cool. Yeah. I don't I don't hate it. I'm now 
I think I, I think I know where I stand with J. Cole. That's all. His style just isn't really what I love. I mean, I'll listen. I'll give him a chance every time. I mean, I listen to this. Um, but, you know. I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about the album next week, right? If it's if, Is it out that soon? Comes out Friday. There you go. So did you watch his 40-minute uh, documentary? No. It's uh, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm realizing now that for me, I'm really enjoying presentation more than the music itself. So, you know, the creating of the music and the concept and, and the, the what goes into creating the songs and then visually capturing that is more appealing to me than what the result ends up being. So the, the documentary made me want to hear the album more than the songs did. That's, I mean, so that's, that's, a, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of, I'm going to say it's assumed, but like, it's definitely like sort of a long form video to, to accompany the album. Like not just, uh, you know, YouTube has obviously made that a, a reality for a while for people if they wanted it, but the way that title embraces video makes that really attractive to artists. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Title does a really good job of pushing the visuals on their, uh, their, their app and their platform do a really good job. Anything else you want to say about J. Cole? Uh, nah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk next week. You want to talk real quick about, uh, locks? LOX. Signed to Rock Nation. Signed to Rock Nation. New album coming out. Two I think weeks. it comes out Friday, right? 16th, I was think. It? 16th, okay. Um, I heard two new songs. Yep. What else you need to know and Don't You Cry. Yep. So, I have the same comment about both of these songs. Which is? They sound like a very specific era of New York hip-hop. Yep. But not an era I associate with the locks. Agreed. This sounds like 2007. Yes, it does. I know this because I know I I I did this show with you for a reason. I know I did. Believe me, I know the 2007 New York City hip hop sound really well. Right, you do. I know it incredibly well. And I recognize those synths. I recognize those drums. I'm like, this sounds like, if I didn't know better, I'd say that this stuff has been on the shelf for a while, like a long time, but that doesn't make any sense. This, yeah, it does. I, I, well, what else do you need I to mean, know? Look at JD Kiss. Look at JD well, Kiss's out. I mean, this would be a long time. I mean, what else do you need to know? Has a few nods to maybe like a little. It sounds a smidge like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. But no, these these records sound almost ten years old. Yeah. Which, if you're talking the locks, I think people would rather they sounded fifteen years old. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds weird. Or twenty. Um, yeah. But I don't think people are really ready for the uh, for that Rough Riders keyboard uh, bounce to come back. So in the meantime, we have this. Yeah. Um, these both sound like I'm being charitable. Album cuts. That's very charitable. Very charitable. Eh, eh. I wasn't impressed. You? So from what I heard, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, we mean, I, I did mean to talk about something with J Cole. Um, people people are saying that Jay Z sit. J. Cole after Kanye and soon to be Drake, but no, look, look, I think those are people who just don't like Jay Z. I, I think, I think, <clears throat> I, let, let's not, let's not assume there's too much, um, uh, conspiracy happening. Yeah. Just that, that typically, no. Oh, yeah. See, now, okay, now, of course, now we find stuff like as we're into the show. Your man comes out this week. Who? Terrius. What? Terrius, love you to death. New EP, December 9th. Ah! <laughs> Five track EP, and then um. Sorry, that was uh, that was involuntary. Uh, what was the what's the what's the what was the album that he announced at, on um 
Love King. Genius. Oh, Love Affair. Love Affair comes out in March. Don't don't do that. Six seven twenty eleven. I'm gonna drop Love Affair. Listen, I was yeah. listening to I was listening to Terrius last week, and <sighs> that guy, that guy's pretty good, right? Oh man, it's pretty I'm, good. I mean, I totally forgot about when he covered those Sam Cooke records last year. I don't even remember those. I don't remember anything Terrius did after like 2008. Love you to death. L- listen to this track listing. Now I'm gonna take it back to our early early so days, and I'm gonna judge this album off of the tracks. Oh, I'm okay. Track one is uh, Lemon Lean. Track oh, no. two is College Days. Track three is called Reflex. It's an ode to Rihanna. Track Ooh. four is Madness. Track five is his favorite. It's called Ferris Wheel. It just sounds fire. <laughs> <laughs> Ferris Wheel sounds crazy. <laughs> I can already imagine like, yep, nope. It's going to be tough. I... Huh. Yeah. I would. Tech yeah. It's working. <sighs> Four, the foreplay era is better than you people remember. You do you did like foreplay more than a lot of people. There there were records that could have made it, and they and you know they were from that era, and they didn't make it. Um, the fact that he didn't put Dope Chick on the album. Oh man, I I need you to do another a better version of that. It didn't it didn't turn out well. No, I just need you to do like just how um how you did the double disc. Oh, and that's what kind of intro me to dream. I I need you to do that with like the second half of his. Mm, interesting, because like I think people really like Equestrian has to be one of the most unsung dream records. Equestrian is amazing, and I should be surprised because it's it's him and Los. So, but yeah. Equestrian is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what I will abbreviate as FMBO is yeah, so great, so so great. Oh. Even four plays dope. Like there's like the title track. Like this. Four, four plays dope. Yeah. No. Equestrian is. Oh my god. I could listen to Equestrian all day. Um. But uh. But yeah. Yeah. I just anyway. want. I just want to insert that. But we're talking about the locks. Okay. So, <laughs> right. We went from the locks to Terrius Nash and back to the locks. Um. So from what I'm from what I'm hearing is whatever they're putting out next week is something that they already had. So that may be why some of these records sound the way they sound and that they're they're We Are the Streets 2 is their actual full length, like Rock Nation debut. Mm. So these are probably some we've been sitting on these. We want to get them out, you know, X, Y, Z, and then Swiss and, you know, all of them will be on We Are the Streets 2. <laughs> uh, PK, um, who else can he bring back? Bring them all back. DJ Shock. DJ Shock. Yeah. That's about it. All right. Um, I think that's probably the end of side A this week. What do you think? It, yeah, we did a lot. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, side B, we're, t- we're going to talk. Uh, a little bit of John Legend, The weekend, Childish Gambino. So hip-hop this side, R&B next side. See you all on side B. We hope you enjoyed side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.